when you build something and it doesn't go right, you learn so much from that experience. And I think had everything been perfect from what our architect had designed, then you know we wouldn't know in as much detail how the cabins are put together, how they work, and where potential flaws and, and issues can arise. So I think now we know the product so much better that we're going to be able to really um, you know improve on that going forward. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs, boutique hotels, and hospitality brands, and the hosts, operators, and entrepreneurs who have brought them to life. Every Tuesday and Friday, you'll meet the military veterans, the retired flight attendants, tech entrepreneurs, the school teachers, the single moms, and the real estate investors who are all, in their own unique ways, shaping the future of travel and hospitality. Discover how these visionaries from all over the world have built chic cabins in the mountains, designed bohemian bungalows on the beach, erected eclectic off-grid and nature-immersed escapes, and so much more. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, the internet's best destination for last-minute Airbnb deals. You can subscribe for free at Spontaneous.com. And I'm your host, Zach Buzicruz, co-founder and CEO of Spontaneous. All right, friends, enjoy the show. So I met up with a few buddies a couple weeks ago for a happy hour, and we started talking about buying Airbnbs. Now, my friends are smart, savvy dudes in their late 20s and early 30s, and we all love discussing ways to diversify our investments, but few of us are interested in investing in real estate like our parents did. The whole like traditional single-family home thing seems, seems kind of boring to us, but we all admitted that owning a vacation home, or perhaps even a few vacation homes, was something that each of us was really interested in, something that we, that we all desire. Now, in my my friend group, I'm the resident short-term rental expert since I host this podcast. So naturally, the conversation morphed into a discussion, and we were talking about whether Airbnbs were actually worth the investment, what people do about property management, how investors in this space think about design and amenities of these homes, uh, etc. And and that's when it happened. One of my buddies remarked, "I just wish there was a way to you know try out the whole Airbnb ownership thing before actually pouring my life savings into a bungalow in Joshua Tree." His comment was truly serendipitous since I had literally just been acquainted with a new startup in the space called Summer, who helps investors do just that. And yes, you guessed it, folks. I reached out to Summer, and they were gracious enough to become a behind-the-stays partner. So I want to tell you a little bit more about their gradual ownership model. And I'm going to do so in just about 10 to 15 minutes from now. And I want to talk to you a little bit about why it's the smartest way to own a vacation home, especially if this is like your first vacation rental home. But first, Here's a quick teaser. When you partner with Summer, they help you find a vacation home that matches your criteria, and then they buy the home for you. Okay, so you pay a down payment for as little as 15%, and then get this, if after two years, you've realized that the vacation rental life just isn't for you, they will refund you your whole deposit. Like, no questions asked. Now, I really want those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, but don't own any of your own Airbnbs, or those of you who might like to have another one to two STRs in your portfolio, I want you to follow the link in the show notes below and learn more about how Summer might be the right partner for you to help you grow your business or to help you get into the space for the first time. So more deets to come soon. Get excited, folks. But for now, onto the show. Oh, and by the way, you can access the link, the special link to learn all things about Summer in the show notes below. But for now, back to the episode. In just a moment, you'll meet Amber and Charlie Pledge, the founders of Cabin Company, a new hospitality brand focused on creating luxurious and sustainable nature-immersed escapes. 
Amber and Charlie have always loved to travel. The couple has been fortunate enough to live and work in major hubs of innovation like London, San Francisco, and Dubai. And while Amber and Charlie both love working hard, climbing the corporate ladder just started to feel, well, a bit unfulfilling. Tune in to hear the story behind how the couple left their day jobs to go all in and build their first two escapes on the west coast of Scotland. In this conversation, we discuss how their travels to Japan, India, and Africa all helped inspire the design of their first cabins, the benefits of long-term leases when it comes to building your first site, what Amber and Charlie learned about how to balance sustainability and luxury when building their cabins, how they secured a Michelin star chef to offer incredible personalized dining experiences for their guests, and so much more. All right, friends, without further ado, get ready to meet Amber and Charlie. All right, Amber, Charlie, we are, we're live. How are you both doing today? Good. How are you? I am doing excellent now that I'm talking to to you both. I was remembering how I first got connected with you guys. I think I saw some post on Instagram and just kind of went down the rabbit hole of clicked on the post. One of my you know friends liked it or whatever. Then made my way over to your website, which I was super impressed by. And then was like, I got to get these folks on the podcast to hear the story behind what they're building. So I'm just I'm just like totally stoked that you guys are are here that we're having this conversation and. I can't wait to dive into the story behind Cabin Company. Sure, it's great to be here. Well, I want to go back to the very beginning. I've got loads of questions around what you guys are doing right now and and the future, but can you can you guys just take us back to when the idea for what would eventually become Cabin Company first began to percolate? Like where were you? What were you doing? Where where did this idea come from? <laughs> Um, so we both we both had corporate jobs. So I worked in reinsurance as an underwriter for ten years in London, and then moved to Dubai. Um, and Amber was working in debt finance uh, for U.S. law firms. Um, and when we were in Dubai, we were kind of craving greenery and fresh air. And, uh, and we'd been lucky enough to have a lot of travel um, in the area, particularly both at work and also personally, because it's such a good travel hub. Um, and in the process of that, we were just we we really absolutely adored staying in kind of boutique landscape properties, mm. um, and we spent a lot of time in Japan um, and Bhutan uh, traveling around. And, and I don't know. Yeah, I know. It was. I think um, Japan. I mean, obviously, when you look at our cabins, you can see the Japanese influence. Yeah. And we absolutely love the aesthetic in Japan, the clean, minimalist interiors. And I think um, what we really thought was that to. I mean, ultimately, with these, with our, our escapes and our retreats, we want our guests to be able to relax and kind of detox away from technology yeah. and really just enjoy just being in nature. And I think having a clean, kind of minimalist interior really helps you be able to do that. It's quite hard to do if you're in like a a chaotic place. Yeah. Um, so that, that was really important. And and I think the other, there's a few other things in Japan that we absolutely loved. I mean, they've got you know it's a it's a culture that's really very respectful. The hospitality there is very kind of quiet, understated, but constant. And I think um, it's just a really calming place to kind of travel around. Mm. Um, they also have this concept of ikigai, which is kind of finding your purpose and your passion in life. And again, like that's really, we hope that that's something people can do when they come and stay at our cabins. It's really kind of take time to reflect because sometimes it's really hard to do that during your you know, your busy corporate lives, it's quite hard to 
spend time like thinking, what am I doing with my life? Where is it going? Yeah. What have I achieved? What do I want to achieve? And I think um, taking time out is really important to, to do that. Um, and actually, the Japanese also came up with the idea of forest bathing, which is the whole concept of taking time out in nature yeah. and, and yeah. kind of relaxing. And, and now they've done studies showing kind of the physical and the mental health benefits of doing that. So uh, there's there's so many things about Japan that uh, we both love. I mean, it, yeah, it's a, and it's a beautiful country as well, scenery wise. Um, and we always we always kind of veered to go towards the countryside destinations there, and uh, we spent a lot of time driving around. Most people just jump on the train and kind of hop around from city to city, yeah. and, and we absolutely all just exploring the countryside. Stayed at some amazing rarecans and some boutique landscape properties there, and, and uh, yeah, they're just phenomenal. The execution is brilliant, and there's just a, a chronic lack of supply of that in in, uh, in the UK for the most part. Um, and, a, and a lot of a lot of what we did when we went traveling as well as we went to, we were lucky enough to go to some amazing safari camps across Africa and India. Wow. And I mean, those guys have been nailing rural um, luxury boutique accommodation for kind of 40, 50 years. Um, so in sort of lovely vast wildernesses and executing luxury extremely, extremely well. So through a process of all of that and spending far too much time in front of a computer and corporate jobs, we um, we kind of kind of came up with the idea of, of setting this up in in Scotland. Wow. And um, and yeah, we I quit in when, when we were living in Dubai. I quit my job there to then pursue this and set this up. And then we yeah we went ahead and sort of started building it, designing it, um, finding the land, and, and lots of a fun journey. Yeah. I mean, what what so what an amazing sort of a uh, start, right? So you guys clearly love to travel. You're working really intense, you know, quote unquote, uh, you know, big big jobs, right? And you're living in in crazy cool parts of the world, but there's a part of you that's just like we 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 need a break. Like we we need a mental break. We need a creative break, right? So you decide. I mean, most people just decide to go on like a you know sabbatical or an extended vacation, but you guys decide <laughs> to start a startup. So like, had, had either of you spent any time building in in building anything before, or did you have any familiarity with the hospitality space? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, so I worked at a tech startup in uh, San Francisco in 2012, um, and. That was a super exciting time and really, really enjoyed that sort of process. Um, I managed to negotiate a short sabbatical at my old job to, to take, take time to do that, so that was very fortunate. Um, and the entrepreneurial elements within the corporate job that I did enjoy, um, but always had a craving to kind of do our own thing, really. And, yeah. and, uh, and travel's always been such a passion of ours. We've always adored going to places uh, and it sounds really naff to say this, but to kind of critique it and in a really weird sort of way, really kind of get quite a buzz out of like going somewhere and see what they do really well and see what they do not so well. And, and uh, yeah, we just thought, you know, now's the perfect time. We'd managed to save up some capital in, in Dubai to, to fund this project. Um, and it seemed like the perfect sort of time for, a, for us to get cracking with yeah. it. Um, but yeah, the, the easy option for sure would be to stay in the corporate job and uh, especially stay in, the, stay, in, stay in Dubai. It's just a lovely lifestyle there and, uh, and just sail off into the sunset. But, um, but yeah, both of us are kind of a burning scratch and, and uh, itch to get, to get this going. 
Hey friends, I'm back with a little more information about this episode's sponsor, Summer. A quick refresher for you. So Summer takes the headache out of owning a vacation rental by taking care of sourcing, designing, furnishing, and managing your home. What makes Summer especially unique though is the pathway to ownership that they offer folks. So think of this as an option to try before you actually buy your Airbnb. They call this their gradual ownership model and here's a little bit more detail on how it works. So first and foremost, you work with the Summer team to find the perfect vacation rental. So this vacation rental would be in a market that you want to vacation in and is also in a market that makes sense for a vacation rental from an investment standpoint. Number two, Summer guides you through the whole discernment process of where, when, and what kind of home to buy. Then, when you do find the right home, you put a down payment of about 15% down, but Summer buys the actual home for you and holds it for up to two years. During this time, you can buy back the home from them at any time that you are ready, or after the two-year period, you can decide that you don't want the home and get a full refund of your down payment. Okay, crazy, right? But, but that's how it works. <laughs> Number four. Summer also covers all the closing costs and fees associated with the purchase of the home, as well as furnishing and design of the home. This means you pay far less out of pocket than you would if you bought the home yourself from day one. All right, so right now you're thinking, this is too good to be true, right? Like how does Summer actually make their money? Well, I'm glad you asked. So during the holding period, Summer rents your home on Airbnb during the day that you don't want to use it or days that you don't want to use it. Maybe you wanna visit the home for a week or so each month. Summer rents it on Airbnb for the other three weeks. Now here's what's super cool. Because Summer makes most of their revenue from renting your home until you're ready to buy it, they're actually incentivized to get the best nightly rate possible and deliver the most exceptional experience to guests that stay at your home as possible so that they can earn those five-star reviews. This means that when you do buy the home, you get a short-term rental that's already ranking well on Airbnb and has a solid performance history, so you know what to expect during high season and low season. So if you've been looking for a way to beta test the whole Airbnb game, then this is your sign. Go and chat with my new friends at Summer via the link in the show notes below and tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Oh, and one last thing, I forgot to mention, if you already have a vacation home or an STR property, you can actually bring it into Summer's network of homes. And there's a slew of benefits that uh, come from uh, you, you doing so that you can learn more from at the link in the show notes below. So there's so much more to Summer that I didn't have time to talk about today, like the fact that you can swap days at your homes for days at any home in the Summer network, you know, in case you want to spend a week in the Catskills and then the next week in Palm Beach or something like that. So I want to encourage all of you, just take 15 minutes and book a call with us summer team via the link in the show notes below and explore how you can get your first str or more quickly expand your str portfolio in just about as low a risk and as high a reward away as possible so you can learn more at gosummer.com forward slash behind the stays that's gosummer.com forward slash behind the stays all right guys back to the show yeah, a Amber, I want to hear about the brand concepting process here. Um, and Charlie, of course, feel free to uh, chime in here as well. But but you guys have done such an exceptional job at thinking through, like I was reading even just like the copy on your website last night before we hopped on the, the call today. And it, it's very it's very clear that there's a lot of attention to detail. Um, and, and you guys are very, very intentional with, with your brand. So I want to hear a little bit about how you guys arrived at the brand for Cabin Company? Sure. So I think, um, obviously, I mean, fundamentally what we want to create is a lovely space to go and spend time in and enjoy being in nature. 
Um, but when it comes to kind of the brand, I think there's a few things. And as you said, our website is really detailed. And one of the things that's really been important to us is being really transparent and having like, integrity. And so there are loads of photos on our website of, of the cabins because we want people to know before they turn up what, what it's going to be, yeah. what the product is and what they're buying into. I find it personally really frustrating when you travel and you look on a website of a property and it's some kind of cut-off angle of a bedside lamp or a weird shot of a half a room. You can't quite understand how the like property is kind of positioned or what the rooms are like. So we wanted to make sure that we kind of gave as much detail as we possibly could. And that goes all the way to we have a home truth section on our website where we thought we'll list out everything that we can think of that's negative about staying in our cabins, <laughs> which, which sounds like a bit of a crazy thing to do. And you think instantly, why would you do that? People won't book. But I think what's really important to us is that people know what they're getting. We don't want someone to turn up and be really disappointed because we're not the Four Seasons Hotel. We're not, we're not a five-star luxury chain. And it is a very unique product, product that we've created. Um, and it's also not perfect. Mm. I guess nothing is, but we're perfectionists, so we we, uh, we find it frustrating that it's not perfect. Um, so, but but yeah, what I come back to is, you know, it's important that, that people know what they're getting. So that's always been a really really key kind of element to to our brand um, and quite unique, I think. Um, which which can, real real fast on yeah. that, Amber, too. I I I, I just want to like double click on that because I think that that's so well said and not something that. Um, not something that everyone thinks through, uh, or, or I think about all the like tiny cabins and these like beautiful, like, you know, super unique stays that are popped up all over Airbnb, for example. And, you know, the angles, right. Are, are, they make the place look larger than it is. They make the place look more, you know, uh, well lit than it is. Like they look at, you know, they, they, some people bring in decorators, right. To decorate the space just for the shoot. And then you get there and you think that there's going to be these beautiful flowers and then there's no flowers, right? Like, like there, there is sort of this, this thing that's happened in the industry, especially as kind of like luxury and unique stays have emerged of people seeing something on Instagram and then showing up, the filter's gone, right? And uh, it, it's not it's not quite what you thought. So, I mean, yeah. amazing that you guys have taken, and you know, to your point, there are loads and loads and loads of, of photographs of these spaces on your site. And it does seem like you've captured it from every possible like nook and cranny. Um, and, and so, and I think that that's just a really, really impressive decision that you guys have made and I just want to, you know, laud you for that because it's not—it's not one that uh, that enough people do. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, I—I I think uh, it's so funny about the home trees thing because um, I, I've even put on there like, there's a pebble beach rather than a sand beach. It sounds crazy, but like people don't read as much these days, uh, unfortunately. They—they <laughs> they base something purely on an image, and they will book uh, sort of completely spontaneously on an image. Um, so the detail is there if people want to read it. Um, we have a really, really detailed FAQ about every single product that we use in the cabins and got a lot of effort for that stuff. Um, and I think, I think it is important for just have, for being, for building a brand that's built around honesty. Um, and I think, yeah, far too often you have to spend far too long trawling through reviews and, and trying to find the little, you know, gap in the review where you see, uh, maybe the XYZ isn't so good. And, um, as I said, we, we spent a lot of time traveling around doing that ourselves and we, we found it a big pain point for us. So it's quite nice to have a, a kind of honest section then. Yeah. Yeah. What else, Amber? I, I kind of cut you off. So I, 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 you know, please, please, please talk to us more about, about how you, how you thought about like bringing this brand to life. 
Yeah, so I think another kind of big point for us was the sustainability has been a big a key driver for us since the beginning. So obviously, I mean, prefabricated building is by its nature a more environmentally friendly way to build um, anything because you're doing it off-site in a controlled environment. So there's reduced waste when you're building, but there's also less disturbance on site. So that was kind of the, the, the basics, but then we went to kind of the nth degree in everything we've done to try and make it a sustainable product. So all of our linen, we've got fair trade and organic towels. We've got mattresses, which are made from like organic lamb's wool, which are, they're actually by a company called Natural Mat, which they supply like the six sensors and other high-end hotel chains. Um, the duvets are made from recycled plastic bottles and they're actually made by a really cool company called Duvet Hog. Mm. And their, their factory even is 100% renewable energy powered and zero waste. So they really have like taken it to another level. Um, even our septic solution, that is a gravity fed septic solution that filters the waste through coconut, re- recycled coconut husks. Wow. Um, and then all the food products, all the herbs, spices, olive oil, um, all the kind of basic things that are really annoying if you turn up to a self catered property and you have to take, we provide for you and they're all organic. So we've really, we've done what we can. We're certainly not perfect. I don't think anyone is, um, but it's important to at least make an effort uh, trying. So that again is kind of a, you know, a fundamental part of the brand that we're building. Yeah, and I, I think as well, like um, a lot I'm of this- I'm off grid, sorry. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're off grid. So we have a, a big battery bank and solar panels that power all the electricity and, and that's been fantastic. It's, uh, in some respects, it's nice not to have utility bills. Um, <laughs> Uh, even on the west coast of Scotland, it's uh, we get a lot of solar, which is which is really quite impressive. Um, but the yeah the the fact that our cabins are built to, to last sort of sixty seventy plus years lifespan, they should last a lot longer than that. Also, is another differentiator because a lot of the products that are coming out there, particularly at the sort of like the lower end of the market, the lifespan's not not so long, so the, the structure itself isn't sustainable. Mm. Um, so we're quite keen to have longevity within the, the actual the, the materials that we're using to, to build the product. Um, and also the, the, the thermal envelope and the passive house sort of standards that we get to with the structure mean that um, heating it is extremely efficient. And uh, yeah, we've, we've gone to a lot of effort on, on that stuff. So sustainability is a very big key to, if you're selling a, if you're selling a nature-based product, um, I think it's only right that your, your, your product is you know, aligned with that. Yeah. Which is, which is really interesting. And I, I, that was actually what I was going to bring up is like, it's surprising that more sort of like landscape hotels, these, you know, nature immersed stays, which are, which are kind of like growing in popularity these days as people, to your earlier point, seek escape from the towers of Dubai or the, you know, the, uh, the high rises in New York or what have you, right? There, there's this, this, this longing to, to be outside, but yet have five-star amenities too, right? Like that's, that's kind of what a lot of us want anyways. So, but, but what's interesting, right, is that you'd, you'd think this notion of wanting to really listen and respect the land and the, and the place where, where you're building would be sort of like top of mind for folks. And, um, I mean, as I'm sure you guys have seen and observed that's not necessarily the case. So I'm just impressed by the amount of work. I, I presume that, you all did not, eat, you know, neither of you knew much about how to build sustainable products before entering into this space. So the amount of time and energy and effort you probably had to pour into thinking through all of this is is impressive in and of itself. 
Yeah, it's a it's 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 a it's a painful process because you know what it's like when you start googling and researching stuff. You, you, you know, you start if you're looking at mattresses, for example. Oh my God, there are like you know four thousand different types of mattresses. Dig <laughs> into the nth degree of you know the, where the where the sustainability of the products come from, and and a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people do kind of uh, greenwashing is the wrong word, but a lot of people do flag um, some elements that they do well, like I don't know. Big hotel chains don't use plastic bottles a lot of the times now, which is which is great. Um, but then there are lots of other things that they you know that they do, which is uh, not so good. So um, I think as long as everyone's moving to the right direction, it's a good thing for the industry, and I think everyone is more aware and and, uh, and keen to to implement that. And and a big shout out to the safari camps who have been doing sustainable products for for a long time. Mm. Um, and, and off grid luxury. Yeah, and and off grid luxury exactly. Um, and it's fantastic what they've what they've achieved and and you know, going to kind of the very luxury, very high end of the, of, of the market. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's very impressive. And so, so you guys, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about the actual like place. So, so cabin company right now, you guys have two cabins on this like beautiful plot of land. Um, can you just describe for us? It, it's on the West coast of Scotland, but like where, where exactly, where exactly are you all located? Sure. So it's um, we're an hour north of Glasgow uh, and two hours from Edinburgh. Okay. So we're on the west coast of Scot- we're on the west coast of Scotland. Um, we are literally the cabins are located five meters from the Loch Shore. Wow! Beautiful Loch Fyne. It's a it's a very famous um, uh, body of water for seafood and also just aesthetics of the, of the landscape around there is stunning. Um, and we, the cabins themselves are on a, a very historic estate. It's a 12,000 acre estate, which we lease land from. Um, so we're in a very long-term lease with the, with the estate there. I had a very good relationship with them. Um, but it just ticked all the right boxes for us to, to get going. Cause we, we're very keen as soon as we, well, as soon as I quit, I wanted to get going with the project. Um, so uh, as a way to speed things up, um, rather than buying land, we freed up more capital to, uh, to be able to fund the actual structures. We lease land on a, on a long-term basis, um, but it's a very pretty spot and it's a beautiful part of the world. Um, it faces sort of west southwest. You get beautiful sunsets, um, and yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Let me go to add. Uh, no, it's a stunning, it's a stunning, beautiful place. I think one of the things that was was attractive about Scotland for us is that you can feel so remote and on your own within a very short distance of major cities. Mm. So it really is within an hour of Glasgow, and you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, and you might not see another person for for days. And uh, that's like a pretty unique and cool element that we all, you know, we really liked. Um, so yeah, no. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. 
Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. There, there's something to be said for feeling like you're in the middle of nowhere, but also still being close enough where if you do want to like go out for like a nice dinner in the city, it's not like a three hour drive. Right. Which, you know, some of, some of these places, like, you know, there's, there's, there isn't a nice restaurant, you know, within three hours of, of, of where they are. And, and that, that is, that is hard, right? Like not everyone wants to go and escape to a cabin for the entire weekend and just yeah. stay there, right? Like there is, there is not, maybe you do that for one of the days, but that second day you might, you might want to get out. So, um, makes it, makes a ton of sense. One of the questions I had for you guys is based off of what I saw on your website. And we had a quick chat a couple, a uh, couple weeks ago, you guys have really leaned into experiences and there is like this option where folks can like book a, uh, a private dinner with like a, a, like a Michelin star chef, I believe. Talk to us a little bit about that experience. Cause the food and beverage component of all of this, like there's a lot of people that have been on this podcast that have are building incredible unique stays, nature immersion, nature immersion states. And like the hardest thing for this category from, from my perspective anyways, tends to be solving for, for food and beverage in a meaningful way. And you guys seem to have figured that out. So talk to us about how that works and, you know, how, how you in, enable this, this situation, this, this arrangement to, to actually happen. Sure. So, I mean, we're massive foodies. Uh, we absolutely adore cooking ourselves. Um, but we're also well aware that people do like to, to dine out. The location that we that we chose, I, I forgot to say, is that we're sort of 20 minutes from a really pretty market town, which is a couple of great restaurants in. We're also 20 minutes from a green mission-starred restaurant. So it's very much a kind of a foodie area. Mm. Um, and so in the process of, 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 of running for a few months, you know, we really wanted to bring on a, on a food entity and, and to make sure that we brought on the right individual for that. So um, partnered with a really cool, talented young chef. He's... Um, absolutely incredible. He, so he cooks very theatrically all over an Argentinian frame, all over fire. Wow. Um, it's very, it's, it's a very atmospheric, beautiful experience. And um, what we've done is we've leased a small uh, rustic greenhouse on the estate. It's about a 20 minute walk from the cabins. And, uh, and guests get to sort of walk there, have a beautiful meal with, with him. It's a five course tasting menu, all organic, all super sustainable, um, wild only, proteins and for the most part it's vegetarian based uh and it's a really really romantic experience it's it's truly charming it's in this beautiful like vine laden like these lovely old growth vines uh, wrapped through this greenhouse um we've kind of plonked the plonked the guests and on this lovely old table draped with uh, with nice linen and yeah he serves just um, incredible food wow. uh, he's really charismatic as well which, which helps as well with the experience very professional and um He's an incredible asset and it's been a huge success. So um, basically one in every two cabin guests book it, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been, it's gone off to a flying start. So we launched that in April this year. Um, and yeah, since then it's kind of, yeah. Gone and, so, buses, really. and so did you guys just go to this, this town, find this chef and be like, Hey dude, want to do a little side hustle or like, like how, how did no. you, how did you get him to agree to this? Well, so, so he's, um, he actually reached out to us. Um, I think that's the way around. I can't remember. We were looking for someone like him. Okay. You know, that kind of 
Eric said it, and I think, I can't remember which way around, but I think he reached out to us. Um, and it was really opportunistic timing because we were we were looking for someone very similar to that to add to add this food offering because like you said it's a huge pain point in the in this kind of like quasi self catered um, uh, entity that we're all operating in it's it's it is a bit of a pain point but he just he ticked all the boxes and he had the kind of like enthusiasm and go getting ability to to get it off the ground that it seemed like the perfect fit. Um, and yeah, and we're so pleased you kind of said yes to it. Um, he'd been doing wild dining things over yeah. on the west coast as well, hadn't he, on the islands? Yeah, so he'd been up uh, up north in the island just um, doing doing wild dining pop-up stuff okay. um, and had created some great imagery around that. And as you know, a lot of food is about imagery and it just really kind of evoked a sense of, I want that <laughs> now. So, um, <laughs> so it, seemed, it seemed perfect. And yeah, he's, he's just, you kind of just know with, a, with someone whether like, they're going to be a good fit. Yeah. Like, quite quickly and then the first conversation I had with him I was like this is awesome so um, it's, it's been great it's really really exciting and, and he's doing a stage at a three star Michelin restaurant in February he spent uh, did a two star Michelin restaurant a stage in Slovenia the one in Chef's Table uh, what's it called again he's in Franco oh wow uh, sorry Sorry, I butchered the name of that to anyone. Um, but uh, but yeah and and that, so that's brought the kind of really fine dining element to to the kind of experience, but he still cooks over fire. So, you know, you get little like charred bits and, and not, it's just fantastic. It's, it's, you really got to come and try it. It's I, I, honestly, I'm starving, man. Like you're just making me hungry <laughs> by, the, by the second. And, and I did, I did like look at his Instagram and I looked at the photos you guys have on, on the website of some of these, uh, these meals that he's, that he's created. And I mean, they're, it, it's, it's art, like it's, it's art and it looks absolutely just stunning i mean like the it just it does evoke all that all that emotion that i'm sure that you guys are trying to evoke digitally yeah. let alone like i can't i can't possibly imagine what it what it feels like uh in in real life i um i, I want to go back actually real fast to to the leasing component here because i think that mm -hmm. this is a really interesting strategy that uh a lot of folks you know maybe consider but kind of quickly move past so can yeah. you walk us through how you guys came to that decision and and what did the process look like you find this gorgeous historic estate and just kind of slide into their dms and then say hey i got this idea like like walk us through how how this how, how you found the land and how you negotiated the lease sure so all, all really good questions so um, our preference always is to, to buy the land, so um, it gives us a lot more options further down the road. And it's for the next slide, we will be buying the buying the land. Um, but as I said before, to free up capital to actually build the structures ourselves and to also have speed to market, as it were, um, we went for the leasing route. So there's a website, believe it or not, in Scotland called Who Owns Scotland. I think it's .com. <laughs> There's a guy because it's all public. Well, for the most part, it's public data. There's a guy that's that's plotted all the um, bits of Scotland, uh, and you can kind of click on different areas, and it shows you know who owns which bit. So um, I wanted to be within an hour and two or two hours of Edinburgh and or Glasgow um, for obvious reasons. So I kind of started with a big circle on a map, clicked on bits of plots of land, and then started reaching out to estates um, and. Yeah, uh, they responded quite quickly. They're really wonderful partners. Um, and we just approached them. We just thought what felt right in terms of a rental amount um, and did some research kind of in the area. But essentially, it's it's a sliding scale um, rental agreement. So it goes up and down with occupancy. 
So they're incentivized as well to kind of, you know, tout us and, and to encourage people to, to come and stay there. And also it helped us out when we first started, obviously when your occupancy isn't hundred percent when you first start. Yeah. Because we're not getting hammered as much from the outset. So um, it's also like a really attractive option for an estate because we basically turned up and said, look, we'll build everything. We'll do all the planning. We'll do every part of the process. You just need to wait until it's built and then we'll start paying you money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't do anything. They don't do any of the guest experience stuff. They don't do the, the cleaning and changeovers. So it really is a um, passive income for them, which I think is always, always attractive. Yeah. yeah. They were literally like sort of dead spots of land that, that, um, that they weren't using kind of down, down a long estate track that, that no one ever goes down. So it just felt very fitting. Um, and they've been really good partners throughout the whole process. Um, and as I said, we got a, we got a long-term lease with them. Um, so, so that's good because I, I, yeah, I didn't want to have a short term lease because obviously it's a significant amount of capital that you're putting into yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, worst, worst case scenario, the structures are movable. Um, the ones that we built today, we did build them, uh, down south actually, but, uh, we'd rather not. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but 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 you know, this is a really this is a really interesting strategy, uh, especially especially like I was talking to Steve Turk, who's um kind of like a, a well known uh, uh, hospitality entrepreneur. In he comes from like the luxury hotel space, and he was on this podcast uh, uh, just uh, I think last episode. Um, anyways, he was talking about what he's trying to do down in South Florida, which is basically partner with a bunch of farmers who like have this right. land that is literally just like sitting there. And come in and say, hey, I'll go and build something really beautiful and unique. People will come and we'll do a rev share. Like, what do you think? Right. And and I, I you know, we riffed on this for a, a little bit, but the same thing, I, I think that the strategy could be applied to like, like churches, right? Like, ch like churches have, you know, a, a lot of land, like the Catholic church, I think it owns like the most real estate, if not like one of the, you know, they're, they're, they're up there in, in the entire world, right? They own a lot of real estate. They've got a ton of retreat centers, for instance, right? This is huge amounts of acreage in like beautiful serene settings and they have very old dilapidated buildings and, and no one's going to these retreats anymore right like so like what is it what does it look like to go and, and partner with uh with a, a former retreat center or or you know this this farmland or whatever it is start with a lease do a proof of concept and then from there decide you know whether or not you want to go all in and, and scale this and ultimately you'd want to probably own the land in the longer term yeah. but but it's a really, really great way uh, to to get started. So I, I, it's cool to hear you guys. It's cool to hear that that's a, a part of a part of your story thus far. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think it's really important to to make sure that whatever you're doing, obviously, you have to structure a lease that it that is long enough that you pay back the initial investment. I think that's key. I think. Yeah. Uh, there is sometimes too much eagerness to go straight away for a short-term lease just to get off the ground and to get going, especially with these kind of quasi-movable structures. But I think it's really important to, to kind of yeah build a, structure something that at least uh, at least you're going to make some decent money on. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious now that you guys are a couple cabins in. I, I know that you are already looking for like your next plot, and you want to you want to kind of take this model to to that to the next level. As you, as you as you sort of think back to what you guys have done, Amber, that's been really, really like gone really, really well, and then things you might do differently for for the next site. Um, what what are some of those things? So I think um, one thing when we first built these cabins, I think what we really thought was that people want to go off grid in nature on their own and take time 
just away from other people. Mm. I think there's definitely obviously a market for that. And, you know, you see cabins popping up all over the place on their own in the middle of nowhere. But I think what we've come to realize is that um, it's actually really important to have connection in life. And we really want to try and, especially in our next site, is, is really add an element of like a social element, a way to get, you know, come together as, as guests. Because mm. a lot of our guests have actually been very like-minded people. So I think that's something that we didn't really expect when we first built it. And we went to a great cost and effort to make sure that our cabins were far, like quite far apart from each other. So you wouldn't see or hear um, the other guests. And to the extent that we even put septic, um, separate septic solutions. Oh, wow. Speak, <laughs> <so many laughs> S's, um, into each cabin, which was a big expense, but we really thought it was important to, to have that privacy when you're when you're staying yeah it's really and, and something, I, I think the, the privacy thing as well is also like a really big luxury point like yeah. we, we feel like privacy and seclusion is luxury in, its, in itself as yeah. well and we really want to you know that is quite integral we also have brand that integral to the brand sorry no that's yeah that's exactly what I was, I was saying and um, I think um I can't where I was going with that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, so classic husband jumping in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mansplaining. Come on, man. Come on, Charlie. Um, no, but 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 so so you got. Uh, yeah, sorry, you, you, asking about the things that we could done better. Sorry, yeah. So connection is one thing that I think we didn't yeah. we didn't um, we didn't think about originally, but we definitely want to focus on going forward. We think it's super important. And then I think another thing is. Obviously, when you build something from scratch for the first time, there are a lot of lessons you learn yeah. from doing that. And I think from a design perspective, there are lots of things we will change going forward just to make the space more practical and more usable and more comfortable. Um, it's, it's a lovely product, but yeah, there's lots of lessons that we learned through the process. Um, I think one of those lessons is you can't rely on the professionals you're paying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, they're all valid. And, and, and I think the thing... The great thing is that when when you build something and it doesn't go right, you learn so much from that experience. And I think had everything been perfect from what our architect had designed, then you know we wouldn't know in as much detail how the cabins are put together, how they work, and where potential flaws and, and issues can arise. So I think now we know the product so much better that we're going to be able to really... Um, you know, improve on that going forward. Yeah. It wasn't, fun. it wasn't fun crawling underneath the cabins to try and find leaks and stuff like that. That wasn't so fun. But at least I know where all the pipes go and everything. But going back to the, the, the social space, I think um, the important thing to mention that, like is that for the next, for the next site, we really want to create a big social area. So um, in that space, we would, we would host kind of pop-up dining events. It's a space for, meditation and yoga retreats, which we're you know, going to be hosting for next year anyway in the estate. But um, uh, it's just an alternative revenue stream generator for us. It, it makes exclusive use higher, um, more attractive. Um, and it's just a nice space for people to go and share our stories with. And, and uh, going back to safaris again, they all have a central area where you get to sort of tell stories in the evening. And it's really fa like a fantastic um, environment to kind of dip into a social element if you want to. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, lots of times, yeah, we get a, I mean, don't get me wrong, as Emma said, loads of people come to our, our, to get off, to get away from it, to get off grid, which is fantastic. It's the perfect place for that. Um, but at the same time, especially if we're trying to push for longer stays going forward, um, I think it's, it's nice to have that kind of central uh, area. And it's opt-in, it's not forced yeah, interaction. It's not forced so if you want to come and <laughs> keep yourself, you'll be able to. No, uh, it, what I love about it, right, is as you guys are talking, and I've talked to some other folks who, on this podcast who are 
kind of who've come to kind of a similar, you know, uh, uh, um, realization is like, great. Everyone wants to, you know, get away, but people also want opportunities if they so desire to, to meet other like-minded people who are also staying in these, in these cabins. But beyond that, right. Like I think a lot about how, you know, my friends and like my wife and I are our friends. People will be like, Hey, let's all get like, let's all go away together. Like, let's all get like a cabin and like, let's get an Airbnb. And, like we'll do this thing. And you know, we, we've done that a few times with folks and we like traveling with our friends. It's fun. Right. But then there's always that awkward moment of like, well, okay. Like who gets like the master bedroom? Who gets the other bedroom? How are we splitting up costs? And it, it becomes like, really, we all want to kind of go on vacation together but we don't really all want to stay in the same house together. Right. You know? And, and, and so what's cool about this model is it enables everyone to kind of have their re- really like their own space. I've got my own bathroom, my own kitchen, you know, set up or whatever it is, like all that stuff. And then the whole group can kind of come together when we want around the fire and, you know, have dinner or drinks, go to the, you know, book a, you know, a private dinner with, with this Michelin star chef, whatever it might be that that's what people want, right? Like they, yeah. they don't actually all want to have to share the kitchen or, you know, have two couples share a bathroom. Like that's just no, no, no one desires that. Right. <laughs> we, we, people do it because there's not another option. Right. Um, so it, it's sort of like that. And, you know, depending on how, how large the site is and how big the units are, there's also a world in which like, Hey, somebody rents out all like eight, 10, whatever it is units for like a big birthday party or like for a family reunion or whatever you, I mean, I know that you guys are thinking about these things, but like, I think that this model, it makes so much sense. And my encouragement for anyone who's developing a a luxury sort of like micro resort sort of concept, especially one that's kind of like immersed in, in nature and maybe a little bit off grid, be thinking about how you create spaces where family reunions could happen, right? And, and 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 where small events could happen and position this as a place where everyone can be together, but when you want to be alone, everyone can also be alone. And that is that's that's the next generation of like luxury, right? Like it, it is that concept as you guys have you know so well uh highlighted earlier. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And, and it's so funny you should say that about couples coming. We got loads of couples who rent both cabins and they're they're far enough away that as as Amber said you feel like you're completely private on your own but it it's wicked because they come they get to enjoy the space uh on by themselves but also together go paddle boarding on on the lake or whatever and then they can go for a dining experience and it's we've had quite a few people come and book that together which has been cool yeah yeah amazing so okay so you guys have started talking a little bit about like what's next but uh, as we sort of wrap, like where where are we at in terms of planning and 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 vision casting and and manifesting for for that next uh, site build? Uh, I, I'm pretty yammered far too much. <laughs> so we are so we're in the process of fundraising at the moment to develop our next site. Um, we want to have, as we said, um, the central social space, but we also want to have kind of ten sleeping cabins on site uh, and a gym cabin. And really develop this into more of a quasi kind of hotel concept. So, I mean, we've been very inspired by the Amman Group, and we're we're really lucky that um, just recently we've we've got an advisor on board, uh, Leave Gussing Burgess, who she was very instrumental in expanding the Amman Amman brand around the world. So in uh, Marrakesh and Wyoming and Java, wow. um, she was she opened the first spa in Amanpuri, and she she was a um, general manager at Amandari in Bali. Wow. So she's coming on board to help us, um, you know, develop our brand and, and build what we want to create. And that's something we're super excited about because, 
yeah, the Amman is definitely a, an inspirational group to us. Um, yeah, and I think what's really interesting about uh, the Amman group is that they have a very traditionally a very high staff count per, ind- per individual to provide that kind of high level of service. Um, we're approaching things a slightly different and uh, in the fact that we're going for a lighter touch um, product. So it will be a quasi-hotel, we'll still have a self-catered element, so you'll be able to cook on site if you want to, but we will have a, you know, an amazing chef on, on site too to, to prepare whatever you want. Um, but it's the optionality to dip in in, in and out of, uh, of either option, which I think is food's such a big, big thing really, like, um, and it's such an important uh, driver to when people book stuff. So we want to make sure that we sort of nail that, but give people the optionality so you kind of capture both markets. Um, and also there's kind of a chronic undersupply of, of, of sort of luxury, modern, um, sort of, I guess, nature-based uh, landscape hotels in, in Scotland. So it's, it's, we're very excited because it's, um, the aesthetic of the land is stunning. Yeah. Like absolutely beautiful. Um, and there's not really much, much out there in terms of uh, competition. So um, we're kind of keen to get going. Keep very keen to get cracking. <laughs> Uh, so if there's somebody listening to this podcast, because it's happened on on more than more than just one occasion, um, who is in, interested in sort of uh, investing, is is are you guys open to folks kind of reaching out if they have enjoyed your story? If they, you know, I'll, I'll link your website, your Instagram, all the fun stuff in the show notes below. If somebody is interested, are you guys open to conversations right now? Yeah, absolutely. Hugely profitable, very uh, very low operating costs, great business. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah all, all the buzzwords, uh, everything, everything that people want to hear. Well, hey, uh, thank you both, Amber and Charlie, so much for for your time. Incredibly impressed by this, uh, what you guys have already built. It's it's truly stunning. Um, again, props props on the website. It's probably like one of the best if not the best i've seen in the space in terms of its comprehensiveness with respect to its detail but also obviously its aesthetic uh so so great 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 work there um and for anyone tuning in if you want to connect with amber or charlie i'll have their instagram link below i'll have their website link below if you want to go book a stay please do and then hey if you are somebody who's looking for a place to uh invest and you're looking for two hospitality entrepreneurs to bet on uh amber and charlie might be your people so feel free to reach out to them as well or if you'd like me to make that intro you know how to reach me thanks everyone for tuning in amber charlie thanks so much for your time thank you thanks for joining us for this episode of behind the stays i'd love to know what you thought of the episode feel free to shoot me an email directly at zach that's z-a-c-h at spontaneous.com or find me on x formerly twitter at z boozy that's z-b-o-o-z-e-e or on linkedin at zach boozy cruise If this is your first time tuning in, it's a pleasure to have you and we hope to have you back again soon. If you've been a listener for a while though, I'd greatly appreciate if you could subscribe and then leave us a rating and review of the show wherever you are currently streaming this podcast. Last but certainly not least, Spontaneous and Behind the Stays are totally bootstrapped and my ability to bring you these stories is only possible because of our incredible advertising partners. We're very much a startup show and while our growth rate is amazing, thanks to all you who keep tuning in and sharing our show with your friends and family, we haven't quote unquote made it yet. So if you could do me a huge favor and go and check out the sponsor for today's episode in the show notes below, I would greatly appreciate it. Even if their offering doesn't make sense for you right now, sending them a quick message on social or an email, just saying that you're listening to the show and you appreciate their support would be incredibly amazing. 
All right, friends, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you on the next episode of Behind the Stays.